We are back with this week's episode of the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Andrew Schnicker. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Alex Sawyer. And I'm a sports staff writer, Jake Cacavaro. That's right. Jake makes his long-awaited First in Tech <laughs> debut today, helping us break down the really, I think, given that everything that happened to them, the remarkable season that NC State women's basketball had, they fall in the Sweet 16. They lose to Iowa 79-61. They competed for a lot of that game. They were overmatched by Megan Gustafson on the inside, who's one of the best you know, big players in women's basketball. But for this team to do what it did and win two rounds and make the Sweet 16 for the second straight year in a row, given all the injuries, really, I think it's a fantastic season. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you look at the whole body of work, um, Wes Moore said after that Iowa State or Iowa game, when you look at the whole body of work, that's really something to be proud of because you do finish 28 and 6. You make it to the ACC semis and lose to a really good Louisville team. You're a regional host for the second year in a row. You make your second straight Sweet 16. You do it through four season ending injuries and you just continue to compete, continue to go out there. I think that's something that when you look at what this team did this year, this is a remarkable season for sure. Absolutely. And I think it was the first time that they made back-to-back Sweet 16 since 1990-91. So almost 30 years since that's happened, and they're still going strong with it. Especially with the with the injuries, it's easy to talk about how players stepped up, but outside of like the next-man-up mentality, also just coming back emotionally, I guess, from seeing four of like your sisters going down with season-ending injuries, and in the case of Armani Hawkins, a career-ending injury because... That was her last season. I know it's got to be tough emotionally going through all that, and they all bounce back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you lose your starting point guard before the season starts in Kayla Ely, and you roll out 21 straight wins to start the season. Um, And then you look, you know, you lose Grace Hunter right at the beginning of ACC play. She's someone that was leading the team in scoring, and you lose her in literally the first ACC game. But you come back and you win your next five or six ACC games before losing your first of the season. So to be able to just bounce back from those injuries, not let big injuries to key players on your team get you down, get you into a rut where maybe you could sit there and mourn for a little bit and not play as well. But be, to be able to bounce back and just keep winning games through those, I think that's something that's really a commendable thing that this team was able to do. Yeah, and you mentioned, Alec, the players stepping up. I mean, there were a lot of them. Alisa Kunain, a freshman center. I mean, she was incredible down the stretch. She took over that starting center role. She averaged 16.7 points and 8.6 rebounds per game as a starter. She was a go-to scoring option down the stretch. I mean, there were games where what they were doing... I mean, I I covered their game against Notre Dame, and literally their first NC State's first 10 points in that game came on just throwing it to her inside. I mean, she was so good for this team, and she's a freshman, a true freshman center. I mean, when you think about what... She's going to be by the time she's a senior. She, she she's got an incredible career here at NC State in front of her. Yeah, absolutely. And um, after their ACC semifinals loss to Louisville, the Louisville head coach Jeff Walls even said he would be shocked if she wasn't an All American by her junior year. And you mentioned the Notre Dame game against matched up against Jessica Shepard, one of the best centers in the country. She elevated her game all once she was inserted into the starting lineup the whole rest of the season against the big teams so against te- against forwards and centers that made their all conference team so in the ACC or SEC Big 10 and Megan Gustafson's case she averaged 18 points and 8 rebounds per game which is mind-boggling for someone who was playing against 
people as young as 14 or 15 years old just last year. Yeah, it's definitely a good way to look at it. And Jake and I were at the Sweet 16 loss to Iowa, and she was matched up with Megan Gustafson that whole game. And that might be one of, I mean, that's one of the best players in college basketball, the country's leading scorer, the second leading rebounder. And she ended up getting her points and rebounds. But especially early in that game, Cunane was good against her. If you look at the first quarter of that Iowa game, I think Cunane really did a great job of limiting her and honestly was maybe the better big down low for that first quarter. And Coming out as a freshman, being able to do that in an NCAA tournament game against a senior that's leading the country in scoring, I mean, that just shows you where Kunane can go from this because her career is going to be something special at NC State. Looking at, I mean, just her freshman year, how good she was. Yeah, and I I think it's really going to be exciting to see that her development going forward. NC State doesn't get everyone back who stepped up down the stretch. Kiara Leslie graduates. She... She was a grad transfer who really stepped up as a leader for NC State. I mean, especially after the leading scorer and Grace Hunter goes down. Leslie averaged 17.8 points per game without Hunter in the lineup. And I think her shooting and her leadership ability is really going to be missed by this team. Yeah, I think other than outside of her scoring, which she averaged almost 18 points per game without Hunter, is her defense. I mean, it's, it seemed like after every single game, she would shut down the opposing team's top wing or guard in some cases, and then the opposing team coach team's coach would just be emphatic about how good Kiara Leslie is, how hard it is to run an offense when she's pretty much shutting down the number one option. Um, even, uh, I believe it was ESPN, has Leslie going in the second round in the WNBA draft, and one of the big reasons for that is her defense you could pretty much stick her on any guard or forward in the country, and she'll be able to, if not shut her down, at least slow her down, and give NC State a chance in any game. And I think it, it's gonna—I don't think it'll be impossible to replace that, but it'll be extremely difficult to replace that with just one player. Yeah, it will be. And Leslie, when you look at her time at NC State, I mean, she put together a good career here, and that's someone that I think NC State fans are going to miss. And obviously that Leslie family is something NC State fans are going to miss now with her officially being done. But when you look late down the stretch, I mean, she was such a big player for this team in the three NCAA tournament games. She had 20, 26, and 16, and she had other huge games during ACC play that, I mean, were huge for this team. And to be able to step up, be that leader that I think this team did need someone to step up. I think Leslie was really good at doing that for NC State. Yeah, and when you look, there's a couple other players that step up in this team. Ace Koenig did a really good job stepping into the point guard duty in Ely's absence. Kai Crutchfield came on strong as well, which was really unexpected, and I think you have to really commend what Wes Moore has done with this program. I mean, they've hosted regionals two straight years, two Sweet 16s in a row, and really, when you look at the pieces coming back and coming in, should just keep going upward. Yeah, I think you got to start with Ace Koenig. I mean, second year in a row as a starter, and last season she broke the NC State three-point record with 91, broke her own record this year with 93, and she, she flies under the radar a lot, but she's sitting, she's 56 three-pointers away from top 10 all-time in the ACC in three-pointers, and that's with barely even playing much her freshman year. I mean, she's been she's been a rock for the team all year, plays the most minutes on the team, can't really overstate how important she is. And then Kai Crutchfield coming on. I mean, she she played, I think, nine minutes per game last year. Wasn't expected to play at all this year. Barely played through the first almost half of the season. And she comes in and she's, I, I think she scored 17 against Kentucky in the round of 32 game. I mean, she hit big time shots and big time moments and kept them in a lot of games with her shooting on a team that 
doesn't shoot the three very well outside of Koenig. I mean, even Leslie, as prolific as she is as a scorer, wasn't isn't the best three-point shooter. So having Crutchfield step up and then next year having that weapon off the bench, that sharp shooting weapon is going to be huge. Yeah, and you look at this team moving forward and you look at people like Crutchfield. Like She will be coming off the bench next year and she started much of the last half of this season when NC State was good and that's just a testament to how good this team is because you look next year, you look moving forward, this team's going to be really good because you have Koenig back. You have Kunain coming back as only a sophomore. You have a couple of the injured players that should be coming back. You also have a pretty good recruiting class coming in as well, one that might be as good as NC State's ever had, led by five-star wing Jakia Turner, or Brown Turner. She's a McDonald's All-American so and another great recruit in Jada Boyd. To be able to have those recruits coming in, to be able to be at that place in your program where you have made two sweet 16s and now you can get some of these high name recruits coming into your program that's huge for what Westmore has done yeah Jakia Brown Turner um gets a lot of the hype for sure I mean McDonald's All-American I believe she won Maryland Gatorade Player of the Year but Jada Boyd for only the 32nd recruit has flown under the radar I mean last season she had a game where she had 69 points and 33 rebounds. And just this year alone, she's averaged 33 points and 15 rebounds with four blocks per game. I mean, for that to be the 32nd recruit coming in, that that's insane. I think she's flown under the radar a lot. Yeah, the future is definitely bright for this NC State women's basketball program when you look at what Westmore has done, what, the, what he's looking to continue to do with the recruits coming in. It'll be interesting to see... Uh, what ends up happening contractually with him going forward if NC State starts to look at an extension for him soon? I have to believe that that might be some one of the first items on the table for the new AD. I, I pure speculation on my part. I don't know anything to that effect. But if if I were him, that would be something I'd be looking to do. But I think that is all we have for you guys this week. We will be back next week to talk about NC State's number one baseball team until then i'm your host technician sports editor andrew schnicker i'm assistant sports editor alex sawyer and i'm staff writer jake cacavaro and that'll do it for this week thanks for listening everyone